What's up? What's up? Welcome to another episode of All Over Voice Over with Kiff VH. I'm your host, Kiff VH, and I am thrilled uh, not only to be uh, at the marvelous, spectacular uh, Hollywood and Los Feliz adjacent studio, uh, Studio Awesome, um, one of the one of the great studios of Los Angeles, but uh, even more exciting is I get to share the room with my friend and fellow voice actor, Mr. Darren DePaul. Darren, Hello. thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me here. You We've bet. been trying to make this happen, and I'm so excited. That so I'm excited. This is great. You said your teacher was Charles Nelson Riley? Yes, we were talking about that before. I was an apprentice at the Burt Reynolds Dinner Theater in 1980-81, and Burt would teach, and Charles Nelson Riley would teach, and whoever was there doing a show uh, would teach us. Uh, Elliot Gould came in for a bit, Lou Jacoby. So all these, you know, uh, um, just people, movie stars would come in. Victoria Gossman came in to teach oh us. Oh, my God. So, and what we do, we were there for a year at the theater. So... One show, you'd help running the lights. One show, you'd help with costumes. One show, you might be in it if you were lucky, but it was to give you an appreciation of all forms of theater, not just acting, to know what goes into everything. That's so, so valuable and so important. I mean, I went to a liberal arts school, so, like, the theater program was that, too. If you didn't get cast, then you're going to be figuring out how to hang lights. That's what we do. And it's part of that that, that essential training. Yeah. I uh, loved it. I, I And it was great just to hear the stories from everybody. Um, it was a really cool time. It was a, a very, very special time. Now, wh- where, are you, where are you from originally? Where do you heart... Where's, where was home? New Palm Beach, Florida. Palm Beach, Florida. I am a Floridian. Uh, the Burt Reynolds, uh, the apprenticeship was open to Florida students. They had uh, 12 of us I every see. year. So yeah, I'm I'm a Florida boy. Was was theater something that you wanted to pursue from a very early age, or was it a roundabout thing, or how did you find yourself? First, it was veterinarian. I wanted to be a primatologist at the Yerkes Primate Center. High five for yep. for early budding. <laughs> I was like uh, veterinarian desire. I was like, I want to go off and and work with orangutans in in Borneo. That what? was my when really? I was a kid. That was my kid, and I was a weird child. <laughs> <laughs> but then early on, I, I started doing theater and just fell in love with it and did it all through high school and then in college and then got to do the apprenticeship, which was basically a master's program because you spent a okay. year and it was through Florida State. Oh, so so did you go to Florida State? Is that where you No, went I to? went to another college in Florida uh-huh. uh, uh, that I don't talk about. Okay, like, that's fine. I'm mad at them. <laughs> <laughs> Florida State was really good. They did nice things. That's awesome. And uh, so we got like, you know, a master's degree for that and- it was just wonderful. And then they put us out. No, they gave us our equity card through that. So no you kidding. got your actor's equity card from working a year there. That's so, like, subversive to, like, come down to a community. And I know Bert's from Tampa, right? Uh, well, he was from, from Jupiter, Florida, where, okay. which was right where the theater was. I see. Yeah. And then to be able to, like, sort of nurture people at home and create that opportunity and be like, okay, now go conquer the world. It was the 80s. <laughs> it was, he, you know, he was the biggest box office star at that time. Yeah. So he was so generous and he'd have these wonderful parties and he would have class all night. You would finish the work that you did at the theater, you know, during the day. And then he's like, okay, kids, we're going to watch the sunrise. So then you'd do class, you know, you'd work 24 hours there because Bert's inundated you in theater. And he gave great notes. He was really funny. Um, He's very, very, very into just making you go outside your comfort zone. Hmm. It's like, yeah, you can play that, but let's challenge you. Yeah. So, and maybe that's where my love of you know voiceover and doing things came oh, from. Oh, that's so fantastic! The faith that they had in me. So. Yeah. 
Oh, that's great. What were some of the what were some of the productions that you did like uh, in during that time and 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 the reason I'm a little fascinated in mm. particular with Charles Nelson Riley is I you know I had this perspective of him from the game shows and from that kind of stuff and he was always hilarious but then I saw his one man show uh I didn't get to see it in person but I saw a sh- uh, video of it and was just I mean, completely blown away by his storytelling skill and his stories and and all of that from the from the oh man from Strasbourg is that where he came up or Harold Klerman or uh, oh, oh. or Meisner right yeah and, and also uh, Ude Hagen Ude, Ude, Ude Hagen. Hagen. you know because you always talk about Miss Hagen okay so yeah I'm mean, like I'm old and I forget too but yeah Charles was a brilliant director mm. uh, one of the shows that we did that year was Death of a Salesman mm. with Vincent Gardenia and Julie Harris. Charles, <laughs> Come on. Charles directed it to Apprentices, and I'll tell the story of how they got cast in it, played Biff and Happy. And Charles had an onstage musician. This was very different for that time, remember, this is 81. Yeah. And, you know, to kind of bend Death of a Salesman in a different way was something people didn't expect. But we had class with Charles all the time, and he loved props. Uh-huh. Because he says, you people speak that way. It's not just, when you're acting, it's not bah, bah, bah. Right. He's like, so use things. And he'd always go, so what? what's what's the glass saying? It's saying, I want to be in the play. The play is about the glass. So there was a class that we had, and two of the apprentices, Ken Kay and Jim Nemec, they were doing a scene about brothers. I think it was an Arthur Miller, another Arthur Miller. Okay. And they used real glasses instead of cups. Okay. And... One of the glasses fell off the table by accident and shattered. And they spent the rest of the scene just picking it up. Now, it wasn't planned that way. And he went nuts because he said, look what it did. It was their shattered relationship. It got you out of your head. What a fascinating scene. Yeah. Because it's about picking up the glass. Yeah. And they played Biff and Happy from that. No kidding. Yeah. And they gave great performances because it was just, they were out of their heads, yeah. you know, instead of going, I must say this, I'm working with Julie Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. Mitigating that. Yeah. Like figuring out how do I work with these two legendary actors with this legendary director in yeah. this space. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm, who do I think I am? It's like, dude, you're the right age and, and you, and you've earned it. Yeah. You're here. So do the job. And that's kind of the last six years for me in voiceover here. <laughs> I, I was doing something the other day, and they're like, hey, take the compliment. And it's still like, I'm just a mouth stupid. I am just got lucky. Yeah, but, but take the compliment. I'm trying to. I, isn't it hard? Yeah. It really is. And, yeah, I mean, I was thinking about it both when I reached out to you mm-hmm. and before, and I think when we spoke at, at Scott's Christmas party, too, you know, just in terms of, like, you know, there's part of you that wants to think, oh, I just came out of nowhere. But it's but at the same time, it's like, no, you've been working and doing major, 30 major years. work. That's like right. 30 years of work. And, and all that yeah. prepared you for how your your process and all that other yeah. kind of stuff. I think 100 percent. And we were ready. I mean, my wife, Deborah and I, because it was about six years ago in July that we landed here going, we'll be here six months. It's so hard. We knew so many people, you know, who had been on Broadway and yeah. friends of ours that were like, I didn't make it. Yeah. And we're like, well, let's, let's try. We'll yeah. give it a shot. The worst that happens is we'll go home. Right. And for whatever reason, we got lucky because um, you know how hard it is. Yeah. And I've just, I'm overwhelmed by everyone's kindness. And, and I 
I'm learning to take the compliment because oh. I've gotten to do some really excellent work, like some of the best work of my life. Yeah. But I do think that all that theater training, and I had done improv with the Groundlings back in the in oh the amazing, and I had done you know stand up for some reason <laughs> in That's Florida. Incredible. You know, it just happened, and uh, yeah, I was I, for the stand up. I was looking for a job. Um, I think after I'd left New York the first time, and there was a stand-up club, and it was the big time where stand-up was exploding on television and okay. HBO, and I loved Robin Williams. Yeah. I was like, I'll get a job at the stand-up club. At least I can watch. And they said, we need a host. I'm like, oh, so I'll take people to their table. <laughs> and I came in for the interview, and they're like, so do five minutes. I'm like, I've been, what? And I got the job. Oh, my and gosh. And so I had to create material and introduce, like, Kevin Meany, and and who else? Uh, uh, um, Ellen DeGeneres was there. Rosie O'Donnell was there. You know, everybody spent a week there. So all the, the headliners who would do their were on their national tour at that yeah. time. You'd get to watch them, meet yeah. them, introduce them, do yeah. all that stuff. I Plus, like, you work your stuff. Yeah, I was like Rosie O'Donnell's driver because she didn't drive at that time, so I had to pick her up all the time and and you know and hear their stories and have lunch with them. Rick Overton was great. Oh man, it was like really, really, really. I think everything that I've done in all these disparate ways yeah. brought me to voiceover because they're yeah. like, oh, well, this is this way of working. Oh, okay, I get that. Yeah. Well, this job is completely different. Oh, okay, I get that. It's just being ready for anything. Yeah. It's, and improv, it's the yes and. Completely, completely. Yes anding with the script, with your partner, with yourself in a way, because you're working so often by yourself, creating ideas and just saying, well, what happens if that? Yeah. Like, I, I love how... I love how improvisation has sort of nurtured the idea of every choice is disposable and why not try it. And it does give you a certain, uh, I, I would initially, I would have said fearlessness and be glib, but I don't, but I still do feel fear about some of those choices, but I think it's more willingness to risk than fearlessness, you know? Yeah. You just got to take a shot. Yeah. Make a strong choice. Maybe exactly. they'll hate it. Maybe they'll love it. I did something yesterday, and I, it's been a very busy time. Mm -hmm. I'm knocking on everything. Great. But I had done a session early on where, you know, before this, yesterday, my choices were told to me, and that's fine. You're like, okay, I get it. That's what this project is. Right. So I came into yesterday with that in my head, and they're like, no, we, we want your choices. So it was very freeing, and I went into some directions that I didn't think I'd go, and those were the ones they used. Um, and you have to be open to anything because some sure. projects will go – just, I work with Keith Farley. I don't know if you know yeah, Keith Farley. Wonderful uh, director. Wonderful. For three years, we did Final Fantasy XV, yeah. playing a character that I almost didn't audition for that led what? to, well, he was a handsome guy. So I told my wife, I'm like, <laughs> I was like, this looks like Matt Mercer. It's a Matt Mercer character. Matt is brilliant. This should be Matt Mercer's role. Uh -huh. And Deb was like, just give one take. You get him. He's a creep. <laughs> and I did it, and I somehow got the job. But Keith would always say, on the first, you know, because you do three choices when you're doing a game. Yeah. And he goes, on the first one, it's what you'd expect. The second one's twisted a little, and the third one is wild card. He goes, that's what Darren does. It's like, yeah, I'll give you the, what you'd expect, because you look at the line really quickly and go, that's the operative word in that sentence. Yeah. And then, well, I'll make this one the operative word and see where it goes. Huh. You know, and just changing things up. Yeah. And they let us do that in animation and games and... uh uh I'm. This is probably the first people will know, but it's coming out very soon. The Adams Family movie. I'm yes, a lot of stuff in that. Fantastic. Uh, and it's mostly improv that they used for us. No kidding. We were just doing some fixes, and I watched a scene, and it was like three characters that all spoke, and they were all me. 
all with improvs that I had done. Because <laughs> we went up to the mic. It was myself and a, and a young lady, uh-huh. um, Michelle Ruff. Uh-huh. I guess I can say this. I'm not giving away anything, I hope. Uh, it's coming out October 11th. Yeah. Um, and they just say, okay, this is the scene, and this is what we need. Go. You go up, give three different choices. Then Michelle would come up, give three different choices. Then I'd come up and give three. So it was it was improv. Were you doing that to pencil? Were you doing that to early draft? Was it finished footage that you were working no, with? So uh, they animated your choices? Or yeah. Were... Oh, there. So I saw early. something. There is a hero moment that they gave to one of my things that was just based on improv. Oh, my god! Because we saw we did some finishing work last week, I think. And I didn't expect it. I was just watching a scene to fix, yeah. you know, to, to, like, do some Walla work. Yeah. And I'm like, no. So it's those things you never believe. Like, how did that happen? Oh, man. I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky, too. What a what a thrilling experience. Yeah. There's something about doing that, that feature, like, especially coming in early on, like in Scratch or Table Read Space, where it's kind of like we're... We're open to fishing and exploring what choices you might bring. And then you see your choices. And again, coming back to that improv thing of like, oh, who cares? And then them selecting one and it making a movie that's going to be shared worldwide. Yeah. And you go, well, I guess that's what this is. Yeah. It's just being up for anything. Well, that's how I started um, because doing a lot of theater, uh, I was at the New Jersey Shakespeare Festival doing a play. And the man working opposite me, Bruce Winant, had a looping company in New York. This was really? back in the days of New York. Okay. And he said, I'm working on this new film, and it's animated, and I think you'd be good for it. And I want you to call me and audition over the phone. Like, Bruce, I work with you every night. I said, no, you're going to call me. I'm going to tell you what I need, and you'll audition. The movie was Ice Age. That was my first voiceover job. Work three days on it, uh-huh. you know, doing all the little, yeah. the dodos, the extra dinosaurs, the this, the that, the this, yeah. the that. And that's when I first went, oh, oh, I have, you know, the skills that might work for this line of business. Mm-hmm. That was a bad sentence. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you do improv. You're like this line of business. I, I love, I love that sentence though. Yeah. Even though it's, even though it's, uh, it, it's, it's interestingly crafted in that it is about like, oh, I have the things that you need to do this. How would you define those things? Having an instrument that can do a lot of stuff, uh, playing, being able to play a lot of characters. Uh-huh. Um, an early influence of mine was Peter Sellers. Mm. So just being an improv, going okay in this scene. You're this, this, you're guy. that, you're this, you're that. Yeah. And being in theater, I was the utility guy, oh. the character man. So you're going to do a lot of different characters. You know, if you're in a musical, you're going to play a lot of people in the ensemble. And right. maybe have a line here, a line there, understudy everybody, learn that part, learn that part, see what they need, what they're expecting from you in case you go on. And it was having all that that brought me here. And voiceover's like, oh, yeah, we can use that. We need that. Oh, it's so fascinating. Yeah. It's been a it's been a great ride to, you know, to be able to where we were at L.A. Studios. It was one day I was there a couple weeks ago and just I've worked with Billy West and, you know, just sitting having a talk with Billy West going, this is not what I thought would ever happen in my life. These people that I idolized. Now I get to work with and just hear their stories. Yeah. Because I just lap them up. I'm like, just talk. Oh, man. Oh, I totally agree. Like that just that being around it and being in the mix and and feeling like it's like it's enough and then and then and then that feeling of getting your your feet under you and the credits and the experience and the relationships and starting to go 
uh, all right, wh- wh- where else? What else can I do? You know, that, that shift in focus of, I can't believe that I'm lucky enough to be here. Like that was one of my experiences. My first year here was like, I directed a show at second city. I may have told you the story, but like Harrison Ford's goddaughter was in the show and he came to see the show and then took us out for drinks and food afterwards. And to sit there talking with him about the nature of, of what our jobs are as actors. And, and like, I, I'm not, I can't believe that I'm here as a Harrison Ford line from a movie. I'm not here with my hat in my hand. And like, and that phrase has been, um, kind of a, a pep talk that I give myself often when I go into a space where I'm going to work with Al Pacino, I'm going to work with Matt Damon or someone and go, I'm not here with my head in my hand. I'm here because I belong here. And, and having to remind myself that because energetically it changes how you connect to them. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. If they're open, I mean, most people are really nice. What yeah. I find in our business. I, I they're find nice that and they're open. Be... If you do your job and do it well and are, are polite and courteous and on time and prepared, prepared. know what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, no problem. I have replaced some YouTubers because they were like, well, they couldn't do it. They cast them because they were well-known YouTubers in a game. And it's like they couldn't take direction. They weren't on time. They're two hours late. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. And it's like, well, we're going to let you do the thing, and then we're going to call someone else. So That's awesome. And, and you go, hooray, hooray for them having that shot. But it's like they – you have to – I really believe that my theater training helped mm-hmm. because working with different directors and knowing what to expect from, from each director, that's really powerful. I want to talk a yeah. little bit more about that period of your life. So okay. just to just to jump back. So you you finish, you get your equity card. Yes. Do you go straight to New York from there? From I did. And what was that what was that experience and process like for you? Uh mind-numbingly uh <laughs> exciting. <laughs> uh cuz I, I I went there. I did a couple little shows in in Florida first cuz I was dating a girl who was uh, the year after me at Burt Reynolds' Apprentice. Okay. So I was kind of in that circle still. And then we both went together, and I got into the Groundlings in New York when the Groundlings had come from L.A. It was okay. Early. And with Siobhan Fallon was in my year, went on to Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And, and I thought, oh, I love this. I'm going to be an improv actor in New York. What was it about Groundlings that, that um, sort of not only captured your imagination, but made it feel like this was kind of a home or a great place to transition into. When I first got to New York, I was like, you know, because Charles Nelson Riley had like, Uta Hagen, Uta Hagen, Uta Hagen. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to go study with her. And and Kit and I went and studied and got in her class. Uh-huh. And she didn't get me. Didn't get me at all. Had no yeah. idea what I was doing. And I felt like I was spinning my wheels. Huh. And then I went to Groundlings and took a class. And they were like, yeah, you're funny. You're good. We're going to make you better. We get what you do, uh, and we're going to hone the rough edges, and we're going to give you a work ethic. And I was like, "I'm yes, this is please, yeah, thank you. I'm home, thank you." Yeah, and you know, again, creating a lot of characters, writing for yourself, writing monologues, yeah, knowing you know that's the word that's going to end the joke, right? You know, work toward musical improv, love it. Yeah. work backwards. That's my final. It's my final right. joke. So now I got to work backwards. Come up with a couplet that will help me land the blow. Yeah, and yeah. that I mean, with with uh, games, there's a couple times they'll ask us to improvise or ask us to make up songs and yeah. things. I'm like, sure, let's yeah. fine, let's do it. It's the greatest training for this work. Yeah, it really it is. is. But also having that instrument that is open to anything. And I did scream my way in in a lot of ways by doing creatures, and I still do a lot of creatures. But it's like doing that monster stuff. Oh man! That well, I did musicals, so I guess 
So you properly, you know how yeah. to properly support, protect your pipes so that you can do. I mean, I feel that, you know, I, I get hurt. They always say, you know, you, you take the Nim Jump Apicoa and you try, but you're going to get hurt sometimes because yeah. they're going to push you. Yes, they are. Um, when we did Shazam, uh, uh, we did the Seven Deadly Sins uh, in Shazam, the Shazam movie. It's Fred Tatashore and Steve Bloom and myself. Awesome. And they were really protective. We worked a lot on that. That's terrific. But did another uh, film with a creature and they could push, 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 <sighs> more, more, louder, louder. And you're there. You've got to say yes. But you're yeah. like, oh. This is gonna hurt, and it did. And then you're like, okay, well, I down for a couple of days. Yeah, and yeah. this works. So I, I learned from that. What's placement? You know, if How you're is... doing that, you just put it at the back of the throat like where, you're singing bass. Where are you? Where are you putting it? Is it? It's here. It's here. Yeah, it's here. You tend to hollow out your cheeks oh, and yeah. do that. So down here. Yeah, in this place. Well, because I, I did. The Little Shop of Horrors national tour after Broadway. Uh -huh. I, I covered Mushnick and then took over. But Michael James Leslie, who played The Plant, was a brilliant performer. And I'd watch him. You know, I was on the road for two years with that show. So just watch and watch and watch and watch. And then there was a, a regional production at Paper Mill uh, Playhouse in New Jersey where I worked a lot. Okay. And they said, we want you to cover again Mushnick. We're not going to give you the role. I'm like, all right, I needed the work. Sure. We also want you to cover The Plant. I'm like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Who's playing it? Michael James Leslie. I'm like, oh, well, he's the best. And I know his rhythms. And the puppeteers, the Henson puppeteers, were going to do, you know, the puppets. And I'm like, okay, Michael doesn't miss. I've been on the road with two years. Michael doesn't miss. Sure, I'll do it. I'm ready. Michael missed. Michael missed early on. And I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah, baby. I was so ready to do that role, to say, feed me, Seymour. You know, and I was like, oh, boy. Oh, that's so great. I, and it's just knowing how he did it and watching it. And, yeah. And and then when Creatures came along, it's like, oh, it's the placement. It's the placement of where we did the plant. And singing, you know, Get It and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, man. I had done Audrey two at Bowling Green State University. And audition to play the part, the the plant, and as my my ex wife was in grad school at the time, so I wanted to be involved in what she was doing, and there was nothing else around aside from Toledo, and there was not any theater going on, so I was like, well, I can do shows, so I auditioned for Little Shop for both the dentist and then Audrey too, and I don't have, I'm a baritone, so to be able to get that low, I was really challenged. So what I did was in my audition, I did it as Bruce Willis. Uh, doing the return of Bruno, so my, so I was. Would you like a Cadillac car? So I was going way more like, let me put the soul on it rather yeah. than the depth. And the music director was like, okay, if I can have that. So they, he and the director fought, but ended up winning, and I played that role, played the plant as a, as a baritone, and uh, was able to find, you know, transpose stuff, which I'm sure. You know, they would roll over in their grave about. Oh, but... it was yeah, because it was the it's the you know, Alan Menken and everyone were involved at that point, and it's oh, like, oh, boy. you don't you, you don't, don't do that. Do if you can't do it, you don't do it. Yeah. There was one other kid who was there, an undergrad, who had the you know he had that really, really not robust, but he had a very deep voice, and he could sing the part, but it wasn't soulful. So and as a college production, I got away with it. <laughs> but that's what, but, but like it's that's what we do. Fun. It is yeah, because you're like okay. 
anything can happen here. Yes. When you're doing it at the level of, you know, of Broadway and national tour, it's like, okay, we're playing with the top people here. That's right. So there's a certain expectation. And it also happens in games and, and animation. 100%. It's like, but when you're doing a smaller production or something just starting out, it's like, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we were doing Overwatch, it was, you never know, any game, really. Yeah. It's like, well, it might be a hit, it might not, but we'll throw our heart and souls into it. Yeah. And then it explodes. Uh, but you're like, oh, well, I'm going to give everything I have up here in my head and up here in my in my heart to this character. Yeah. Everyone you do. I mean, I, when people ask, what's your favorite? I don't How can you answer that? It's impossible to yeah. answer that question. While you're doing it, it has to be your favorite. You have to fall in love with every character, whether it be, uh, you know, a small character in Hearthstone or a major character that you work on for years. Yeah. While you're doing it, you're in love with that character. 100%. You fall in love with all of it. I'm like, how can you reduce it? Sorry, I get very esoteric and very. It's like, so true. We're, we're listening. What are you doing? You're making a lot of gestures, and we're listening to a lovely podcast. And I can't see you. I cannot see yeah. your gestures. <laughs> you can swing your arms all about the studio. When I was in Spider Man, huh? Spider Man. Yes, yes. When I created Spider Man, I love doing Stanley because. <laughs> I, I, there was a special moment. There. I don't really do conventions. I've only done like a couple of them. Yeah. And I, I did the, you know, Stan Lee's Kamikaze or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to see you do that. That's right. That uh, Voice NATO. Yeah. And because uh, Scott would bring me there. And I was at a table once and I was walking in and I was just like, why am I here? I don't know why I'm sitting. And he just said, you know, where do I go next? Who do I see? And I'm like, it's Stan Lee. You're like, that's why I came here. Did just you Did you him. meet him? I didn't meet him. I was too. I was too nervous. Oh, man, I do. I, I have the same thing both with with Stan Lee, and I never went to his. Didn't stand in line and stand and do it. I haven't done Shatner, and I'm okay with that. But every time we go, and Nichelle Nichols is still there, I keep feeling like, Sherry, come on, we we should go and say hi. And there's she's selling like earrings now, and and we have a black velvet painting of her in our bedroom. I commissioned for her birthday a couple of years ago a black velvet painting of Nichelle Nichols as Ohura. And it's stunning. It's stunning. And, like, the, the impact of, of that woman, like, sorry, it's, I, you know, it's true. Yeah. The impact of that woman on, on television history and on my wife is, is significant. But there's still that, I don't know if I want to have that experience. I maybe want to leave it there. I don't know. What the, and things have changed now because I, I think I got here at the right time. Yeah. I, I, it was all just magical that any of this happened for me. <laughs> but it just all of a sudden seemed to be exploding in the last like six, seven years. Yeah. And that there's a lot of representation in gaming and in animation. And that people are seeing themselves in different projects yeah. and follow it. Uh, and that they know us. Yeah. That we aren't just invisible and that the performers mean something that the work is reaching out and touching them and, you know, just making them feel special and making them feel like a hero. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I love. I, I'll hear stories from people and just sit there smiling and they're, you know, it's like, thanks. I'm as much a fan as you. I yeah. Mean, it's so cool. It's, it's like, you know, in a, in a way as, as a theater actor mm. and you go up and you do shows on stage, nightly, whether it's New York, whether it's Detroit, Cleveland, where you're getting up and just playing and you're reaching this audience, mm -hmm. to be able to participate in a thing that reaches so many people and touches them in that way, it's like I feel like humbled 
by it and really have this respect of this kind of the 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 weight that is associated with it that we i think with theater that 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 code of ethics is kind of embedded in the mythos surrounding it and certainly by the people who who instruct you yeah that you're oh. like you respect this space you the show must go on and you must be there and you must be prepared for it and that work ethic well my is... teachers were like what, what uh, jk simmons in what's the movie where he's oh whiplash whiplash i mean that was my college professor these people were tough yeah and if you didn't do it get out yeah and it's like it's not like that now everybody's wonderful and you're like no no that's where i come from yeah it's like oh you you better step up yeah and maybe that's why, you know, I approach a different way. And I've worked with theater directors who were like that. I was like, yeah. no, th- people are paying for this. Yeah. We're not fooling around up there, kids. That's right. And maybe that's, maybe the theatricality got me to where I am. Mm-hmm. You know, playing, you know, roles like Reinhardt to a very big. And also uh, Jake, uh, J. John Jameson in the Spider-Man games. Yes. Because he's over the top and he's great. You know, doing those things, they're like, oh, you get it. You can ground it, but it's still very theatrical. It's still bigger than life. But there's a heart to it. Yeah. And I think it's because coming from stage where you had to. You got to fill a room. You got to fill a room. Yeah. You're not, you're not loud enough. I've always told students at Second City, like before a show, too. It's like you're not loud enough unless you can hear yourself off the back wall. Yeah. It's like sonar. And if you're not developing your ear for that, I'm never going to hear you. They're never going to hear you. Your scene partners are never going to hear you. But learning how to be truthful in that. And that, you know, to rebel against that announcery read, it's not about volume, it's about intention. And that's why I came here. Mm. Because in New York, I did a lot of work in New York. I mean, Uh I was eight years on Geico doing commercials for Geico. Oh, no kidding. Um, The ones where the storyteller would Yeah, that was me. No kidding. That's what paid for my trip here. You know. (laughs) That's great. But that's what I had. In New York, it's commercial, commercial, commercial. Yeah, um, same in Chicago. And it's those guys that just can get there and go, cars, you like cars, buy a car. And like, okay, that's not me. They're going to get the job. I keep going in. I'm, you know. And, and I would do the Geico job, and that would be, like I'd do some theater, but the Geico job would be my job. And you yeah. work maybe once or twice a year, make a lovely amount of money, but you're like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. And I, I was doing a play uh called uh, old Jews telling jokes uh-huh. it was off Broadway it was wonderful and there were a couple of California actors who were like try it just try it how long we're here <laughs> how long had you been kicking the tires of coming out like kind of always or just sort of like eh. I, I I know for me the thing that kept yeah. me back was always I know that I'm good at what I do but I don't know that I'm that good and I had not necessarily inflated the Los Angeles talent in my head because there are people who are staggeringly good here. But, you know, it's that feeling of yeah. like, am I good enough to compete? And then go. Well. I still feel that. But yeah. I would sit. I love listening to podcasts. And I, I would listen to a lot of them in New York. Just mm. I, I'd walk to this place called Cozy and COSI. It was in Union oh, Square. Yeah. It's not there anymore. It's okay. gone. And I would listen to my podcast and get my work done for the day. And about VO, about San Diego Comic-Con, about yeah. blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, it's LA. So Deb and I were like, let's try San Diego Comic-Con. Let's go see what it's like. And we went to see a, uh, we went, um, so that was seven years ago. Okay. And we decided, well, because yeah, we ball, we played theaters in New York. We played the Amundsen. Deb had played many other theaters and played San Diego. Uh-huh. And I remember we were going to see a friend of ours at the Geffen. 
doing a production of The Exorcist, the play version of The Exorcist. Oh, man. They're like, we're going to combine it with going to Comic-Con and seeing The Exorcist. And we were, like, being sightseers, because we're New Yorkers. And Deb said, oh, I could see us living here. I remember the exact spot. And th- then a year later, we were there. Because I went, oh, it's not a dream. We're going to do this. At that moment, it was at the mall in Costa Mesa. <laughs> There's a bridge from one in the mall to the other. And we visited it on the anniversary this year. We're like, six years ago, seven years ago, we stood here and went, oh, I could see us here. Let's try. Yeah. And she's been doing TV and still doing oh, it's theater. so amazing. And it's because it's you know it's hard. She's back in New York doing stuff now. That is if tough. you're doing this life, you do make sacrifices. Yep. And never seeing each other, or, or you know, we don't have children because she would be out on a tour, yep. get back, and then I go on a tour for two years. So it's like four years you don't see each other. Man. But you're making a living, and you love and support the work that's being done. Yeah. It's so important to yeah. have that agreement in the relationship. Yeah. And like, I mean, that was certainly part of our deal of like, you know, look, you do you do what you do and I do what I do and and I love you. So I want you to be able to be the fullness of who you need to be. And that might mean that we're apart for a while and that's OK. And that's getting very esoteric. That's voice acting. That's a character. I love you. We may be apart for a while, but I'm going to return to you and that's OK. It's yeah. like the acceptance of that. That may be very, you know, I've gone from being a New Yorker to being Californian. I'm like, <laughs> I love you and I'll come back to you. But it is. It's yeah. like you're going to visit these people that you play yeah. once or twice a year, maybe more if you're lucky. Yep. But it's like coming home. It's like, yeah. oh, when I'm in the booth, I am in love with you. Yeah. I am, you know, I am this person. Uh, every choice that you make goes to advance the story, goes to advance them. It's not just playing around. Yeah. It's about, you know that someone's going to hear this, and maybe on their lowest day, that will pick them up, make them laugh, cry, make them, you know, just make them excited. And you go, there's a responsibility. Yeah. It's like what we did, eight shows a week. You're like, there is a responsibility to every audience that comes in. Yep. It was that story about Joe DiMaggio. Someone said that Joe DiMaggio. Famous Broadway actor. Famous Broadway actor Joe DiMaggio. (laughs) DiMaggio. uh, Shocked millions when he switched (laughs) to become a baseball player for the New York Yankees. Joe DiMaggio hitting a home run in Damn Yankees. It's a baseball show. (laughs) Joe DiMaggio hitting a home run in Take Me Out. Oh, did you see that? I didn't see it. I had a couple friends who were in it. Oh, they were baseball players? Uh, no. It's, it's coming not. back. There's a revival coming back. Is it really? Yes. They, most people are naked in that show. Most people are. Well, Daniel Sinjato, didn't he premiere that? Yes. Yes. Oh, is that your friend? Uh, no. My friend is Danny Master Giorgio. Do you know Danny? I know all? that name. You know Danny from yeah. New York? He was in Company. He was, he's a, he can sing. Yeah. He was a Juilliard guy. And we did a show in Pittsburgh together called Gompers, an Adam Rap show. And Anthony was in that oh, show Oh, well. Anthony was R. Seymour in Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, get out of Bring here. Bring it back together. Oh. My wife just did Rent on Fox, Rent Live. Yeah. And, and Anthony showed up at the end, you know, to oh, sing with them. So, so Anthony's been part of our life for a long time. Uh, I, if, if you talk to him anytime, tell him I said hi. because we did. I think he's off doing Star Trek. I think you're right. Yeah. Up in Toronto, right? Yeah. Oh, that's a so good great. show, by the way. Yeah. I... I Love it. Star Trek Discovery. Well, I'm a big Star Trek fan. I love Star Trek, too. I just need to pull the trigger on CBS All Access. It's really good. Sorry. Oh, it's good. <laughs> Once you see it, you'll be like, oh, I'm so glad I I'm saw it. I'm so this. hyped for Picard, too. I can't wait. So you got to. I got to. And, you know, 
we're now doing a commercial for CBS. <laughs> right. uh, Joe DiMaggio hits Joe a home DiMaggio. run with CBS All Access. Thank you for bringing me back to <laughs> Joe DiMaggio. That was the reference. <laughs> Joe DiMaggio. Because Joe DiMaggio once said, uh, like, why do you play so hard, Joe DiMaggio, every time you go out? And he says, because no matter what city I'm in, no matter what's happening, there's someone in that studio. In that studio. There's someone in that stadium who's never seen me play. Yeah. And I got to bring my Joe DiMaggio-ness to it. I think it was Joe DiMaggio who said that. But for the purpose of the It was John story, DiMaggio. It was John DiMaggio. <laughs> it was Ben Hearn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's that that work ethic yeah. I think is is so it it's but like the work ethic is what makes it fun. Yeah. You know, it makes you feel like you know, like I can when I when I drive up onto the Warner Brothers lot to go to ADR3, like it means it's going to be a great day. Yeah. And and it's one of my favorite rooms in town. I was there all last week, oh. and I couldn't believe that I got to drive on the lot. And they're like, we'll park under the water tower. And you're like, every day on this lot, I can have lunch here? And you just walk around, and I geek out and go, this is where I work. And I was talking to um, – I did a show called Three Below, the Guillermo del Toro yeah. animated show in Troll Hunters. Yeah. And one of the board artists, she's there doing, working on another show. And we oh, met man. for breakfast, and we stood under the water tower, and we're like, this is our life now. And it's those moments. I'm very sentimental. I do that a lot. It's just like, look at where we are. Now, enjoy this moment because when it gets bad, and it will in our career. Yes, it does. Remember, and if it helps you get through, good. You stood there under the water tower and went, I'm working. This is my life. Yeah. Because it's important. There's so many days where you don't work. So many. And, like, it's real easy to look at other people's Facebook posts and Instagram posts and and their life and go, oh, man, they're working and I'm not for whatever reason. It's a Tuesday and I'm sitting on my couch at 3 o'clock in the afternoon with nothing going on and no prospects. Yeah. And like, yeah, but in Los Angeles, at 3.30, a life-changing email could come. Or, or, or just the possibility of, here's an audition. If you book it, it's life-changing. Yeah. It's life-changing. And being – and then that, that challenge, it's like – I don't remember if it's 100% from the from the Bible or from a story around it, but there was like a pool that all the lepers would sit around, and then every once in a while the water would swirl, and then they would all rush to the water because it might be the time that their life changed. That was or, Joe DiMaggio. That was Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. That's right. Joe DiMaggio would Everything is in the pool. Throw the pool. <laughs> and go, every day I do this because one of these lepers one of these could lepers, be cured today. It's a life-changing, it's a gift I give the people of New York and exactly. the lepers of the world. Hundreds of years from now, Kiffer Darren is going to voice that leper, and we have to, and we will have accomplished the goal of giving that person temporary immortality on a full podcast. circle. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, again, going back to stuff we talked about earlier, going to the the Stanley Kamikaze, yeah. the first year is just a guest, and going with Scott White, yeah. our friend, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, I'm doing this panel. That's the first time I saw you. You were hosting the panel." And and Fred Tattashore was on the panel, all these great people, and I'm just sitting there, and you go, will I be part of this world? Hmm. Because you go, they're all, they're just so talented, so, you know, so funny, so quick. Yeah. And now to be part of it, it's like, I'm lucky. Yeah, I hear you. But you're also, and not to deny you, because yes, Yes, you are lucky. I'm lucky too. And everybody up there, too, in that same place of like, I'm lucky as well. And, but there's, there's... There's those conditions that need to be in place that improve your luck a hundredfold. Good agent, 
Good agents. Good agent that believes in you. And yeah. Uh, and, uh, being grateful. Yep. You know, yeah, being talented, of course, is what you got to do. You yeah. got to do that. That's basic. That's basic. That's room tone. But it's like being fun to work with, yep. you know, being on time, being early, you know, theater. Half yep. hour early is on time. That's right. And it's just, it's these little rules of I, I'm just here. I'm ready to work. I am yes. Yes. When I'm in the booth. Everything's yes. That's right. How do you take direction that might seem like counterintuitive mm. or frustrating? And how do I keep my my ego in check matched to uh, a direction that seems counterintuitive? And I have to, have to go, huh, I didn't consider that. My initial response to that direction is, that's a ridiculous direction. But it's not my job to judge the direction I get. It's to take it, and maybe something will emerge. On a rare occasion, I'll I'll ask. Hmm. A- and I did recently got shut down. And you know, you get upset because like I'm just a- you know I'm asking. I want to be a partner here. Yeah. It's like, do you feel where does that come from in the character? Hmm. I'm I know it's very uppity and actory, but it was like I I don't understand that direction. I've played this character for a while, yeah. so I think I could ask. And, oh, I was shot down. Boy. So you're like, okay, well, there you go. Just my job is to do it. Lift it off the page and give it life. Right. If that's the way they see it, cool. That's yeah. the way it's going to be. Right. You know, and you, But you have to do it and go, I'm here. I'm committed. I'm going to give it my all. Yep. You don't get pouty and go, it's my choice. I'm mad. I'm just mad at that. It was totally wrong. And I'm going to be very upset. You don't be a baby. Uh, you all right? Yeah, I'm okay. All right. <laughs> well, that's what you do. It's just, again, right? it's a world of yes. It's being really positive. Yeah, I think that attitude is a really important component, and that's I think that's part of why so many you know people talk about the voice acting community. I've had a lot of people come in here and the other rooms I've been in, going, you know, I just I don't know what it is about VO people, but I love them. They're just so, and a lot of that has to do with with a. A, a positive attitude yeah. will get you so much further than you, than I think, than you think. You know what I mean? Like, I, I certainly felt that way when I came out here of like, well, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. And, uh, and, and I, I mean, how can you dislike the weather? And how can you dislike the fact that we're working in the shadow of the Hollywood sign? And that the people I get to meet are cool. But, but it's on the days where you're not working that that's really where the work is. And then, and then the work is to have the choice of having a hopeful, positive attitude and let that keep you in momentum. Yeah. You know, building, making reels, uh, you know, developing new characters, playing with stuff, just having lunch with someone or connecting or creating a podcast, you know? And that's great. I mean, that, as a New Yorker, I do find myself, and I, I started therapy last year, because mm. it can be very isolating out here. In New York, you're running people all the time. Yeah. Um, here, you know, my wife's out of town a lot, and oh, sometimes man. it's just like, whoa, you just feel so at sea if yep. you're not working. Yep. And that's hard for, you know, I, you, you need that human connection. Yeah. So it, it's hard to establish that. And I, I have to work on it better. Dude, I used me. to do stuff. Call everyone's me. like that. Sissy I know, Jones but was saying it the other day. But it's true. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the thing. It's kind of, it is something that's yeah. fascinating about being, being, a, being a parent was that discovery of like, I, I, I was, when we got to Chicago, I was like, well, I know there's one or two people I can call. My family wasn't there, but when the baby came, like people showed up out of nowhere. People on the bus, people on the subway, who would, or the L, uh, depending on what part of town you're in, uh, but be like, oh, what do you need? Like it was so much a point. I remember one time I went to Jewel 
uh, Jewel Osco, and I was standing and had, a, had the baby. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a long <laughs> Jewel Osco yeah. in line with a baby on my chest, hands full of diapers and stuff, and I was a pretty heavy Diet Coke drinker at that point in time. And I'm in line, and there's a 20-ounce cooler, but it's low. And my, I did, I, you know, like a fool, I didn't grab a cart. But I'm taking the train, so I don't want enough that I'm going to, you know? And I asked this lady behind me, I'm so sorry to bother, but would you, would you hand me a Diet Coke from that thing? She was like, get your own Diet Coke. And it was shocking to be greeted with that level of contempt as a parent after the amount of goodwill that had been coming my way that I got spoiled by. I remember, I, I, this is a New York moment that I had. <laughs> uh, we're on 14th Street, and there was a, I don't think it's there anymore, it was a, a grocery store. And my, my father, my, my parents had passed, and my, my mother went first. Uh, long story. Mm. Uh, but my father was not doing well. Mm. And I was in the grocery store, and I got the call from my sister. It was like, he's gone. And I was grocery shopping, and I just was devastated. Yeah. And this little older woman, very older woman, I shouldn't say, you know, uh, um, Misty Lee will play her in the animated series. Like our friends will do. She's like, okay, "Will you hand me some yogurt?" And I'm like, "My father just died, and I can't." And she hugs me. She's like, "It'll be okay. He's always with." And you're just like, "That's New York. That's what you're used to yeah. of a stranger going. We're people. We're connecting." Yeah. And that leads us back to what we do. I mean, there's yeah. so much connection with games and animation and the people that watch it and listen and, and work on it. Yeah. It's a wonderful time to do that and to reach out and go, oh, uh, you know, because I've done, I do a lot of, of animation and they'll have played the games. Or you do anim, you know, animation and the game people have watched it. Yeah. Uh, it's this wonderful small circle of positivity. Yeah. It's somebody in a grocery store reaching out and hugging you and going, it's going to be okay. We're yeah. here with you. And those are the moments that we're the most human. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's so right. I like that. I mean, I'm getting very esoteric on this. Dude, I love it. That's... They were like, when are we going to do the funny voices? <laughs> <laughs> We've done plenty of funny voices. Oh, really? I, I mean, it's I... about. Yeah, that's right. It... I think. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's what I, uh, it is what I love about, about, I think, being an artist and being, and maintaining a certain sense of emotional availability that, that can be, that can be really tricky in a place that, that can hammer you a lot. Yeah. How how do you maintain your your openness, feeling that you know that distance from your wife, from you know like uh, what 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 self care do you do to to keep yourself? I read a lot. Hmm. Um, uh, I I did start therapy, which was great because of uh, Julie Nathanson, who was who oh, recommended great. someone who was yeah. a, a wonderful voice actress and also knows, yeah. and that really helped because you do feel at sea sometimes. So yeah. I, I did that. Just talk to someone if you're if you're lonely. Yeah. Um, because it was 2017 was an amazing year, everything's great. And then at the end of 2017, some stuff happened mm. that all took it away from me, and then 2018 was like, what happened? Oh man. Um, yeah, with with things with some on camera stuff that I was doing and everything. You're gotcha. just like, whoa, and you feel. So I got to get out of my head because I'll still drive around and go, yeah, if only I don't tell that person. And, oh, they'll be sorry that they're not. If only I. Yeah, and it's like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Just support and, and, you know, just be there for someone. Be there in the grocery store when they're at their lowest to say, we're here and it's okay. And maybe, you you know, at your lowest, you've got to keep that in your mind. Mm. Um, 
but I'm thankful that I work a lot. Working yeah. really helps me. Yes. Auditioning, awesome. working really helps. Amen. I, I went into something yesterday that they treated me so well. And I was like, I don't deserve this. And they were writing some extra lines. They're like, we need a little time. And they're like, ah, it's not. And they were like, ah, it's not. And I'm like, oh, no, this is great. But then adding the juice to it, the smile on the writer's face going, you just brought something I didn't expect. It's like it's those moments. Like we're yeah. working together to elevate these words. Yeah, and that's theater. It's like you know, and and that was a cool moment. Yesterday was a yesterday was a well. The past three months have been pretty darn great. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, because there was some slow period at the beginning of the year. Yeah, you never know when projects are going to happen or projects that you think are going to happen get canceled. Yes, that you thought was going to be a long term gig, and you're like, oh, this show ain't happening. Yeah. And that's just part of it. And that's what shows do. They yeah. end every show. Or never get done. Or never get done. Uh, 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 Town is a brilliant show on Broadway. We saw mm. it in April. We have a couple of friends on this. Absolutely brilliant. Ten years to get to Broadway. Ten years. I'm amazed that things ever get done. <laughs> you know, I worked on games that got canceled after we worked six months on oh, them. Oh, man. Um, you just don't know. Yeah. That's the nature of, I guess, maybe any business, but especially the entertainment business. Yeah. Is it could hit or it. We did um, this game called Agents of Mayhem. Yes. That I loved. Uh-huh. I had so much fun. The writers were great. The cast, Sissy Joe, everybody was yeah. great. And oh, it, Larissa Gallagher. Larissa Gallagher. Just everybody thought people will love this. For some reason, maybe it was timing, maybe it was, it just never took off like anybody had hoped yeah and you go oh darn it yeah you know and then something else that you don't expect like well we'll look at overwatch was you know it's a blizzard game you know there are people gonna like it but that it became this phenomenon i don't think you weren't really ready for that Hmm. you're like oh i'm so glad people are connecting with this how have you Hmm. how have you handled that uh the 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 kind of fandom and fame that is associated with the attention that has come with some of these projects that you've been involved with. I always dress up. I As you see, you I'm today. wearing right now. It's... Why Why? Why that? Okay. Uh, well, my dad was a clothing designer. Oh. So, in Palm Beach, that was his business. So it's always about dressing well. I'm a New Yorker. I like dressing up. Yeah. When I got in California, I didn't really, because, you know, you can't wear it at sessions. Right. But... Uh, then it, I became known. I started dressing up for stuff at Geek and Sundry because huh. uh, I like doing it. And they were like, oh, you're Darren DePaul. You're more like Darren DePaul F. Tompkins, you know, who I adore. <laughs> He's Paul a great F. Tompkins guy, work. And, like, and he dresses up. Yeah. And I went, okay, that's not a bad thing to do. I like dressing up. I like looking presentable. Yep. Um, I, I, not to, to be weird, but I have been in grocery stores. And they're like, oh, are you Darren? Yeah. Which is weird coming out of a stage door when you're in a play and nobody cares because yeah. you were like in the ensemble or or uh, maybe an understudy and you just feel like I'm doing my gig but nobody cares yeah. to now when people you know have tattoos of my character on yeah. their arm uh, we had uh, to get here at Comic-Con to go to Comic-Con you know seven years ago go I wonder if I'll be part of this world this year at Comic-Con the Hasbro exclusive was a Reinhardt figure. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, you go, what a journey that is to yeah. just show up and go, I love this. I know how hard it is. I don't think it'll ever happen to then go, oh, 
this character is one of the Hasbro exclusives. And and how you participated is contributing to that thing. I hope. Oh, yeah. I give it my all. I of give course. it my heart. I, you know, look, I, I've been waiting in a career of ups and downs and a lot of downs. Yeah. This has been a wonderful six years. Yeah. So I'm enjoying every second of it because you know as an actor it can end tomorrow. Yes. Yes. Y- you know, um, you just kind of throw yourself into it and be positive and yeah. enjoy the ride. I get to work with great people sitting there do working on Shazam and watching Fred Tattashore do character uh, monster noises and then yeah. go, oh, do you want like a Doppler effect with bubbles on top for this? And Steve Bloom and I were going, <laughs> oh, he can't do it. And then he does it. And you're like, I am so happy I'm in this room. Oh, man. I am so thrilled to watch this artist perform. Yeah. And Fred and, and Steve Fred, are the to kindest be, people ever. To be, to be yeah. yeah. I, I mean, just one of the, one of the most generous uh Thoughtful people that I yeah. that I know professionally and personally. It's we just go to a, the same gym, so I see him all oh, the time, great. and it's just him and this little baby. Oh. Got to see the baby, that's and so awesome. it's just again to be part of it. Yeah, because uh, I respect so many people in, in this business. Yes, to know like you know Kari Walgren and, <sighs> and you know Scott White and and just you know Matt Mercer. Yeah, these people are great. Uh, touching on that, I don't know if you have the the role playing world. Uh, I have it really. Uh, I know it. I've noticed yeah. that it has begun to really. Yeah, I was involved in that a little bit. Uh, you know about Critical Role. Yes. They tried to do oh the, my God, the, the animated Kickstarter. You know? Yeah. Yeah, they asked for 750000 to do one episode. They got $11 million. Uh, there is a There is an audience out there for cooperative storytelling, and they mm-hmm. want to see these characters live. So it's a very exciting time to be a nerd, yes. to be a, a voiceover performer, to be an actor. Yeah. Uh, to be an audience member because these stories are being told. Oh man! And then like and and radio dramas. Oh yeah! Like to the the that the, Sherry's doing one uh, uh, coming up this week, and it's like to to see these old old forms from the twenties and thirties return. I mean, before I was here, I swung by Amoeba and bought a record and like the soundtrack to Bronson, Nicholas Winding Reference. Oh. Or winding reference with uh, with Tom Hardy. Anyway. Well, one of our things about coming home when we first got here, because we're such theater people, was going to Largo and watching Thrilling Adventure Hour. Oh, God. and now I'm really good Jackson friends with Hal Lublin. And uh, yeah, you, you know, know Mark Evan Jackson. Do you know him? I, I have I, I met him on many occasions. Okay, but I, I <laughs> I've done a podcast with Mark Agliardi, and I'm really oh, close Gags. to, to oh, Hal Lublin. So great. Uh, Hal and I have spent a lot of time together. Awesome. And again, incredibly talented and just a generally wonderful human being. Yeah. But that was home to me. I'm like, this is theater. I love this. And the excitement of let's take this older radio form, make it new, make it a monthly event. I'm so sorry it's not happening now. They're doing improv every month. Oh, they are. At uh, Dynasty Typewriter. Okay. Um, Joe DiMaggio hitting a home run, (laughs) plugging Dynasty Typewriter. (laughs) Work Juice Improv. See it every, the last Wednesday every month. I'm there most Wednesdays. I love it. It, It's great. That's Uh, great. Because having that. If you go to an improv show, a really good one, yeah. I think it's good for voiceover just to see the different choices. you got to think quickly. We, you know, looking at the scripts. When we did J. Jonah Jameson yeah. for the Spider-Man game, um, Chris Zimmerman, the director, oh. she's like, I don't want you to look at these long speeches before you start. Just go. She's like, I want you to ride the wave of the line. And I was like, okay, challenge accepted. Yeah. 
So it's a cold, cold, cold read, and oh. I normally went with the first take. Because you're like, okay, I am the character. I'm in the moment. Flash it up on the screen. Let's go. Unless and, you choke up on a word. Right. It's like you're making these strong choices so quickly. And he's like a Rush Limbaugh type of personality in the game, in yeah. the game world. And like what, what you do in that game is so much fun. Oh, thank you. It God. really is. It was supposed to be a day. How and many days did you end up oh, working? Oh, God, a lot. They <laughs> There's kept a ton writing. of J.K. They Jones. love it. They, oh, it's so they, great. It, it was joyful because it was just ah, a little thing. And then it, it got to be a very important part of the game. And I'm yeah. so grateful for that. It and adds it, so much yeah. depth to that New York. And, uh, I mean, it's... I was playing with Hal because Hal was showing me the game. And we were swinging around trying to find my apartment in New York. <laughs> like, Let's go to this place. This part of town. Lower East Side. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it's a gorgeous game. It's oh, a wonderful world. Boy. But that's... Games are so immersive. Yeah. They're spending so much time with these characters that we create. Yes. That you've got to give 100%. And that's what I love. It's that theater thing. The curtain is up when we yeah. walk in the booth. That's right. Um, it makes me happy. It makes me happy, too. It does. You make me happy. You make me happy. We make each other happy, and that's a win. High five one more time. Indeed. There it is. So uh, we're qu- quickly coming to the end. The curtain is dropping on this episode. Indeed. But... And I think I think anyone with the amount of advice that you've peppered throughout this thing in terms of all the different places, the things that have strengthened your skill set, um, that also imprinted on your work ethic and your attitude and all those things that have helped make this process a success for you, um, you're, you know, along with, and that's not to say, look at Darren DePaul is sitting on top of the world. He has uh, a you pocket know I mean? square. <laughs> it's a podcast. Right. And he's wearing a pocket handkerchief. But like, but, you know, an acknowledgement yeah. too of, of the downs that are, that are universally experienced, you know, and, and, and should be because they yeah. make the highs that much, that much higher and, and help you. I do think when you're down in the valley that you're also drawing some water out of the creek and getting the nourishment that you need that you don't get in the thin air. And, you know. It'll lead you. If you are at that point sometimes, I find, an audition may come through that you're like, I'm not right for this, but you know, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a shot. Because I am so sad. I'm so depressed. And you might give a cool read on something. You know, if you, not that you're going to, I'm going to play him sad. But it's like, (laughs) Bring some different energy to it. Yeah. Um, uh, it may change their mind, or they may go, that was weird. Yeah. There was something that came in the other day. They were so vague. I didn't know how to do it. And you're like, okay, I'm just going to give a choice. Yeah. And that's what you have to do sometimes. Yeah. It comes back to improv. It's giving a strong choice. It may not be the choice they're looking for. But they might go, oh, that was cool, maybe down the line. It does happen. You bet it does. That they'll go, I heard you on this. We didn't use you, but we thought of you for this thing. You were the guy so many times, and it went the other way. Or yeah. Like, I just uh, just had an audition recently, an on-camera audition, where it was a one-line co-star thing. And I went in and did it, and the girl afterwards was like, that was really, that was really good. She's like, these are usually the hard ones because there's nothing to go on. And I was like, no, that's a blank check. That is a gift to me yeah. that I, there's no other life for this character. I get to create it. And in that way, I feel even more invested in the project because I got to, I got to bring my own 
toys and and add something that you guys were like and there's a guy who walks in and does a thing and leaves i'm like well what if that guy is this way or is is joe dimaggio yeah. <laughs> well it's like that's your that's your show yeah. and we would go you know for an on-stage audition yeah it's like probably won't get it but here's your two minutes of your show so that's put right. on a good show put on a good show Darren DePaul, thank you so much. How can yeah. people find you? Are you on social media? And I, I am. I'm on just Darren DePaul at, at Twitter, and I, I do that. Uh, I'm on Instagram too. I should do more. Um, I don't know. It's all right. I just I, I'm very lucky and very grateful and excited to be part of this community. I, thank you for having me dude, on. Thank you for coming in, and uh, it was just uh, fantastic. And uh, and thank you for listening. And there'll be more coming soon. Coming to you from Studio Awesome, the most awesome studio in Los Angeles. Thanks so much for listening. Peace. This has been All Over VoiceOver with Kiff VH. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and give us a positive rating. It truly helps. Follow me on Twitter at KiffVH or on Instagram at KiffVH or on Vero at KiffVH. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Claim victory and depart the field. Werewolf? Yeah.